Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help Black and Brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how Black and Brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings, everyone. It is that time of the week. Yes, my favorite time of the week. I say it every Tuesday. And this is even extra special because some of you were probably looking for us last Tuesday and we had a little bit of a technical glitch. And so we couldn't make it happen, but we're making it happen tonight. We're making it happen on May 3rd. And I'm so excited because you are going to just get so much from this wonderful guest that I have. So I was so, so, so excited that she was still able to join us. So we're going to jump right in. This is Linda Talaferro, Being Brown at Work Live. And I have Leslie Bednars with me. Some of you probably know who she is because you've been following us on LinkedIn, ready for this conversation. But for those of you who don't, let me introduce you to Leslie. Leslie joined Farcia in 2019 and assumed her current role as strategy and M&A leader for Farcia's Clean Mobility North America. She is responsible for collaboratively leading transformation, evolution, and strategic initiatives of the division to achieve zero emissions and sustainable mobility. Over 20 years of experience in automotive and mobility industries, Leslie began her career at Johnson Controls, the automotive group now Adiant, where she started as a complete seat engineer before holding a series of engineering and finance roles. In 2007, Leslie transitioned into management consulting, where she specialized in strategy projects focused on business growth for clients in on and off-highway transportation markets. In 2015, she returned to industry as the Global Director of Advanced Supply Chain Management and Commodity Management at Intiva Products. Participating in industry associations such as Inform's Automotive Next Women's Leadership Series and OESA's Young Leadership Council have been automotive groups Leslie has enjoyed being part of throughout her career. Leslie holds a mechanical engineering degree from the University of Michigan, go Wolverines, an MBA from Wayne State, and is a certified professional coach. She is married to her best friend, Kent, and has four incredible children. In her spare time, she works with her daughter's hockey team around mindfulness, mental strength, and resilience practices. And she loves to watch her kids and all of their activities from hockey, football, and baseball to tennis, basketball, and volleyball. When there are a few extra moments in the day, Leslie also likes to squeeze in a round or two of golf. Leslie, welcome to Being Brown at Work Live. Good evening, Linda. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here with you. 
Oh, it is truly an honor, Leslie, truly an honor. And like I said in the opening, although we had that challenge last Tuesday, I'm just so thankful that you had more time in your schedule so that our audience wouldn't miss out on this critical topic. It's not one that we've really delved into yet on being brown at work. That's why I thought it was so critically important when you and I talked at our discovery call about what we were going to share. So let's just jump right into it because, you know, it it seemed like it was near and dear to your heart. uh, And I know there's going to be so much value out of it. So, you know, when we talk about cultural impacts, I mean, I titled this How Your Cultural Background Could Hurt or Help Mm -hmm. Your Career. Just that in in itself, cultural background. What does that, what do you really mean by that, Leslie? You know, cultural background, you know, we think about cultural and immediately it comes into my mind is like ethnic background. Yeah. Right? People go to that quickly. Yes. Right. Yes. But it's also religious background. It's also socioeconomic background. Mm-hmm. It's it's all of the things that help shape people's values and beliefs as, you know, what they carry with them, uh, you know, as in our adulthood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it, I mean, it's, in essence, how you were raised, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's those things like with your children, what you're instilling in them. I know what your parents instilled in you, mine instilled in me, and and it does shape who you are. You know, so when you think about your particular situation, if you don't mind, if we can, you sure. know, if you could share your experiences, when you were trying to decide who Leslie Bednars was going to be, Right. You're trying to figure out your career, you know, where you're going to go to school, what you're going to major in. What do you want to be? How did those cultural aspects of your life play a role in your choices? This is fun because I got to reflect back on, you know, how did I end up where I am? Right. So my my parents are Filipino immigrants. So I'm first generation. My sister and I are first generation born and raised here in the U.S., Ah. So that's that's key to understand. Yes, so it is. My parents coming growing up in the Philippines, they were raised a certain way, mm-hmm. and then here they got come in in the seventies as twenty year olds, right? Twenty wow. somethings. Mm-hmm. They come to a brand new country and they don't know the the practices and behaviors and the mindset. They right. they came with what they knew and they came to the United States. And they came here independently. They were, they were single and they met here. So, so now, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yes. Wow. So so now they meet here and then they get married here and then they raise a family here in a culture and a background that they weren't themselves raised in. So they had to learn to navigate. They had to learn to navigate, you know, what are the societal rules, you know, what are, what is Mm -hmm. etiquette and and what's, uh, what is acceptable here and then, and then raise their children, you know, based on how they interpreted what their experiences were. Mm -hmm. So, so a lot of the culture that they knew growing up, they, they gave to us. And so for instance, um, Asians tend to be, you know, very much hierarchical, right? I, I grew up with that. Okay. Okay. And so it's respect your elders, respect authority, don't mm-hmm. talk back. You know, even if you believe they're wrong or maybe yeah. your authority right. is wrong, you don't challenge that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And so so that's, you know, what I I grew up knowing and you know, my parents were 
my and my mom was a nurse and my dad had a mechanical engineering degree. Oh, okay. So that's what was modeled for me. That's what I knew. Mm-hmm. And so when I was thinking about what am I going to do with my career in my mind, I'm like, okay, these are, I have a front row seat to at least these two things <laughs> and the medical, the, the nursing model wasn't my jam, Okay. And but I like the math and science. And so I, okay, I continued to pursue that. And, and so, you know, my parents were very, very uh, in, involved in making sure I knew what I wanted to do, at least have a plan, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. another cultural influence. You know, they, they didn't go so far as to say, you know, dictate, you know, mm-hmm. you will be this, you will be a okay. doctor, you will do this. But they say, you need to figure this out. You know, you're going to, you're going to go to university. So it was always go to school, you know, yes. not going to school wasn't an option. Um, going to the best university you could get into strive for the best, you know, do that, have a plan. And, and they definitely were, were telling me if you're going to go to a big university, you know, you're not going to waste this money. So you need to know what you're going to do and, and, and pursue it. So that was the guidance I got, right. You know, based on what they know, they knew, they knew what their experience was coming um, to the States what their careers and the were able to provide with regards to quality of life. Yeah. And, you know, wanting, you know, every generation wants it better for the next sure. generation. Sure. Right. Absolutely. And so they gave Absolutely. me guidance and influence to, to make sure that what we, I, the choices I made were going to give me a better quality of life or, or strive for a better quality of life of then, than that, what I knew. So oh, yes, yeah. I, yeah. It, certainly the culture was a big impact on big and your choices. Absolutely. And you had, you know, role models, you know, mm-hmm. um, to follow by. So, you know, when, if we dig a little bit more into what you just said, Leslie, cause I, I find it fascinating. I've been to the Philippines, um, many times, uh, and I find, I find it fascinating, this cultural thing, especially for women, right. Mm-hmm. And we enter into corporate. American. We already, you know, we have all these intersectionalities, gender, race, age, everything. So in your personal experience, um, being Philippine or a woman of color and your cultural part of your DNA, let's Mm -hmm. say, did you have any challenges? Were there any things that happened through your career as you were moving and growing, especially moving up within corporations? various different companies that the challenges you faced that were rooted in that culture that you had to figure out, you know, how to address, how to handle. Can you give us some examples of how that happened to you and what you did? Oh, absolutely. The, Mm. I, you know, I mentioned the hierarchy. Yes. That was a big one for me. Mm. So learning to navigate that and having to challenge that, being aware of that for myself, you know, that, this corporate environment, especially in automotive, we say the things we say, you know, have a seat at the table. You know, we, they, this, this corporate environment appreciates diversity of thought, right? Yeah, we, we say, say it. We say it. We say it. <laughs> we say it. We do. And, and actually having to put it into practice, both mm. on the listening end mm-hmm. and on the speaking out end. Yes. So I had to really, I was, I more naturally keep quiet. And so learning how to use my voice, share the thought, 
you know, challenge consensus mm. and be bold when appropriate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Those mm-hmm. were all things that didn't come naturally and that mm-hmm. I've had to work to be aware of yes. and and put into practice despite how uncomfortable it could be. Yeah. Right. But but knowing that and saying, no, that you have a voice, you're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Contribute. But yes. that takes a lot of energy to like oh my to gosh. think about and actually do. And to do, yes, Leslie. And you know, and you and I were chatting before we went live a little bit. And, and when I work with my clients, I have this process I use called peel back, connect, and grow. And what you just shared about what you did, you did that peeling back. You realized, okay, part of me is not to challenge. Part of my DNA, how I was raised, was to respect the hierarchy. Yet. I'm in corporate America, yet I have a career, yet I aspire to move up. And the environment does not lend itself to that. Because if you're too quiet and you're in the corner and you're the wallflower, you get passed over, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody knows you're in the room. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, true, we say diversity of thought. We say seat at the table. Mm-hmm. So you shared your side of that dynamic and challenge. Share with us a little bit the other side. So the listening side, have you had any oh. challenges there? There are often times for, for me listening or feeling like I'm being heard. That last part right there. <sighs> that, that can part. be tough, right? Mm. Not only being Asian American, but also being a female. And there's not a lot of female presence. We want to see more of it, right? right, In automotive. And so being so often, I'm sure you experience it too, being the only female at the table in the room. Mm -hmm. And and you, and, and I I constantly remind myself, right? This isn't about just me. This is for women. So be the voice of women, right? Yes, yes, yes. And so voicing, sharing a thought or, or giving a comment, believing there's value to it, knowing there's value to it, mm-hmm, but you see mm-hmm. it, I'll see it in the face of my male colleagues. There's maybe just dismissing it, mm-hmm. you know, yes. just professional courtesy, tolerating it mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. sake of the appearance of it. Yep. But yeah, that's, that's hard to see also. It is. It is really and, hard. It, and, you know, I'm glad you shared that, Leslie, because it's real. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it happens. And what's interesting is uh, I don't I don't know that they realize that we see it. Happen. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That we that that we feel it. We see it. Um, so, you know, I, I want to ask you, what are some of the specific landmines. So if you, you know, there's, there's, my audience is full of people that look like you and me. Mm -hmm. So what would you say are some of the landmines that you want our fellow sisters, our fellow women in corporate America, irrespective of industry, but you know, we live the automotive world. um, What should they be aware of? What should they look out for? And uh, if you could offer how they could handle you know, the, the few of the examples that you give them? You know, being a woman in this industry, it's not an easy, it's not an easy role. Right. But we've had, and we, I've 
been so blessed to see so many amazing, strong women, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of break through um, and model what good female leaders are. And we've seen other female leaders not be so, so. make it, make her road maybe a little challenging also. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and so maybe along those lines, um, you know, helping women be those more positive leaders. Mm. You know, we yes. I've seen that model where women have uh, mirrored the male behavior of that uh. command and control where for some reason it's perceived by men to be, you know, leadership, but for women they're overbearing and right. you know that dragon lady off-putting and it's off-putting. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. And, and um, it's a, so it's a style that maybe works for some men and can also backfire on some women. Definitely. Definitely. So my, you know, Jan Griffiths does this, the authentic leadership gravitas, right. Gravitas mm-hmm, Detroit, mm-hmm. the, the women being strong in their own power. If yes. we can really hold true to really what our strengths are and not, uh, subscribe to the to the model that you know works for men, but maybe not necessarily work for us. Stay true right. to ourselves, who we are, yeah. and honor what our strengths are. I think that's a really positive way of leadership that can be different. Oh, I love what you just said. Honor what your strength is. I mean, I think there's so much power in when certain words are chosen, and you used honor. Mm-hmm. I think it says a lot, right? I mean, that's such a that's a that's such a strong message and wonderful advice to honor ourselves in our authenticity, recognizing our strengths so that we can show up like that, fully authentically ourselves and not having to take on, you know, these other personality traits, things that just won't you can't sustain it anyway. No. I mean, it, it's not who you are, right? right? So you're not going to be able to sustain it anyway. And it's not going to bode well for you nine times out of 10. Now, you just said there are those women, though. I mean, I've worked with them. I don't think I've ever had my boss like that, but I've worked with them, whatever. Some of them are just exactly that. I still don't think it worked very well for them to be for you. But they, you know, that's the choice they made. That's, That's That's some great advice, Leslie. That's such great advice. So, you know, when we're talking about trying to show up our authentic self, when we're talking about owning who we are, uh, finding that voice, knowing that our thought process, our ideas, our recommendations are noteworthy and worth being shared and heard. What would you what would you say, Leslie, on the flip side of that? Right. What would you say that? organizations, uh, leaders, um, members, managers, what is their role in this, right? What, what would you like to see them do that takes this cultural background issue away or at least reduces the negative impact of it? Oh, sure. That it's, it's that awareness mm. that like really being aware that their journey or other people's journey are different from theirs. Mm-hmm. And just because you had a certain journey doesn't mean that they had to have the same journey to achieve the success that you have. Ah, yes. 
And so being open-minded enough to really listen and believe and find the strength in each of the team members that you're working with. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're, you know, we're all human. Sure. And so being able to take away that judgment of your colleagues, you know, they're not right. They're not wrong. They just are. Are. And yes. so, and so yes. just really being open-minded, taking away the judgment, really listening and, and believing that what they have is value because there is value there. Like, oh, absolutely. If people listen to it, then they will see that value. Real leaders will see the value in yes. each team member and they'll be able to position it to be the most productive for yes. the betterness, betterness of the team and the business. Real oh, leaders absolutely. can do that. Real leaders. We use that word so loosely, leaders. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, think we've, I think we've used it a little too loosely. There are people who have roles of authority, power, but they're not all leaders. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I necessarily want to follow them. You know what I mean? I That's just, right. So I'm so glad you used the word real leaders. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad you put that real in front of there because that's so important, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I totally agree with you. They would recognize and they would live what you said earlier, right? That diversity of thought mm-hmm. is better. They yes. would live that day to day. They would yeah. live that for sure. For that's sure. That's true. Yes. I think of that. There's, you know, there's the managers and there's the leaders. Yes. Yes. Managers. <laughs> managers. That's the ones that manage tasks and try to manage people. You go do this. You go do that. Rather than lead, inspire, motivate. Have a, have a servant-based mentality, part of the servant-based mentality. All of that. That's leadership to me. I agree. Yes. I agree. I love that. So, Leslie, as we as we get ready to wrap this up, when we've, had, we've talked about oh, so many wonderful things. And I'm so glad you shared, you know, your, your parents' experience and then coming to this country. It's just, a, it sounds, sounds like a wonderful love story that they both came and then they met. I mean, don't, don't you think that they met in the U.S., they came with a purpose and a goal for themselves yes. and then they found each other. It just, it just sounds wonderful, beautiful to me. So, you know, as you were sharing that and, and some of the challenges that you've faced, you know, if you, if you, if you were to put all of that together and, you know, we're talking to our audience now and some of them, you know, and it's irrespective of cultural background, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. Philippine, African-American, Latina, it doesn't matter, right? We all have those same upbringings that have those nuances to them that shape who we are and it impacts our professional lives. Uh, And as my audience know, I say, I say this all the time, who you are personally is who you are professionally. A thousand percent can't separate it. You right? cannot. You can't separate it. You might try. You might think you're doing it. Uh, you're not. You are so, one person. <laughs> you are. Exactly. You are. Exactly. So if you were to, you know, as we close this, what would be a few things you'd like to make sure that our audience leads with? So it's it'll be easy for me to say these things and people will think, oh yeah, of course. But actually putting these things into practice, practice. is where mm. the challenge lays. Mm. But I would say, be aware, you know, stay in, the, in that awareness, be open-minded about others yes. and, and, and their journeys without judgment. Just recognize that there are 
people that their journey is not like yours. And it doesn't mean that they're better or worse than you. Right. Right. It's right. just, absolutely. you know, be open-minded about their journey. Mm-hmm. And then from that, you know, don't be afraid to challenge your beliefs. You know, mm. just because you grew up knowing certain things that may have served you during that time of, you know, upbringing, mm-hmm. you know, you're an adult now living a different life in a, in a different world. And so how true are those beliefs anymore? Maybe they are true still, but maybe they're not. Mm -hmm. And so being open enough to challenge your own beliefs, I think is really powerful. That is powerful. And that that just supports what you said, because it's scary, Mm -hmm. right? So the execution, the doing part of that is scary. Yep. Especially when you question them and you're like, ooh, (laughs) that's not working for me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it puts you in an uncomfortable spot, yeah. right? Because these are your beliefs and values, and you're like, then it kind of shakes you, like it does, whoa, it does, yeah, whoa. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you come back from it. You do, you do, you rebuild. True growth, true That's growth, right? True growth. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. so I I think it's also important to you know stay educated, right? The intercultural differences, especially when you work for a non U.S. headquartered mm-hmm. company. Right. So, so learning that those intercultural uh, differences, you know, there, there's trainings that are offered by companies often. Sure. Mm-hmm. Be open to that. Educate yourself. Be open to the education. Yes. Be open to receiving the education yes. without judging yeah. it. Just receive it as information. Okay. And mm-hmm. then decide what you want to do with that information. Right. Right. And then in all of that education, finding a way to honor yourself is is the magic it is oh my gosh Leslie it is those were (laughs) I mean that that those were just jewels I mean all four of them it was just it's perfect and the way you even laid them out I think is perfect because wrapped in all of what you offered is honoring yourself I mean it really is that's what wraps this in all and brings it all together Leslie, this was a phenomenal conversation. I knew it would be. I knew it would be. I knew it would be. Look, if you're if you're if you're joining us live, really appreciate you. Would love to get your comments. Um, but if you're catching this on the replay, maybe you're listening to this on the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Share what maybe some of your challenges have been with your cultural background, or maybe you know uh, some of the belief checking you had to do that Leslie just mentioned. And if you've tried that, how's it worked for you? Did you have to a shift? Did you have to you know, make any kind of of modifications, pivot at all? Uh, maybe you've run into a few of the challenges that Leslie mentioned. And you've taken some of what she's recommended and implemented. We would love to hear from you. So comment, uh, send me a DM. I'd share it with Leslie. You can find Leslie Benars on LinkedIn, connect with her. You can see she's a dynamic woman, very engaging. And I'm sure she would have no problem responding to your messages as well. Uh, Leslie, again, thank you so much. I'm so honored and blessed that you decided to not join me once but twice. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So I so appreciate you um, and uh, have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank okay. you. Thank you for doing what you do, Linda. This was an honor. Have a great uh, rest of your week. Take care now. Until next time, everyone. 
If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.